everything so impeccable. Hi, it's Simon Barnett from Four Seasons Hotel Jakarta, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with Renee from Where To From Here. visit when I came to Jakarta to decide whether I wanted to you know be here yep. and I went to your breakfast room to meet someone and wow I mean it's, it's really beautiful some really beautiful backdrops and it, it flows right through the hotel it's you know yes. it's a very design driven um property yes very yeah. instagrammable it is yeah um, you know what it is like in Asia but you know the amount of photos I have seen since I've been here of that lobby staircase <laughs> Unbelievable. I know. Well, as we both know, because we both live in Jakarta, one yeah. can actually hire a photographer to follow, you know, your group of friends or a couple throughout the evening so you get all the right snaps and you can post them on Instagram and it doesn't cost very much. I know. It, it happens so often here. Yes. You know, the, the sort of the Ibu Ibu lunches and it's like the camera is this big. Yes. And it's like, oh, it's a professional. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was, and no, it's amazing and it's quite wonderful and it's actually fabulous for hospitality because it means that, you know, people can really see what they're getting. And I know from a lot of GMs that often people say, I want that room, that bath with those yes. flowers in it and the foam that high, right? No, we've got to be very careful about how we represent the hotel because exactly to your point, you know, someone will go into one of our suites and say, that's not the, that's not the flowers. Right. They're, not, they're not the flowers. I want the, the it's just like, okay, it's sort of representing our luxury rather than uh, uh, specifically literally getting everything that was in that photo. Yeah, no, it's so interesting. Yeah. And look, Simon, how would you define luxury? I mean, you're sitting in one of the most luxurious hotels in Southeast Asia, the Four Seasons in Jakarta. Yeah. What's luxury to you? Luxury is different to everyone. But um, what I've seen with our guests is that luxury for them is allowing them to have time with their loved ones if the purpose of stay is leisure mm -hmm. um, or really trying to connect with the city that they're in. You know, the, the big trend I've seen, particularly over the last five years, is guests when they come to see us, depending on the city that they're in, have bucket list ideas regarding restaurants and attractions and our concierge were very keyed into those type of establishments and activities. Mm -hmm. But more and more, we're getting our teams to focus on really local, you know, so giving our guests an option to say, if you really want a nice local restaurant, you know, this is it, but expect to eat with your hands and get, you know, roll up your sleeves, you know, so that's a real difference in what I would consider luxury now. Mm. And tell me, you know, we're both in, in Jakarta. Why yeah. is the food here so good? It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely mind-blowing. I've just come yeah. back from Bali. The food here yeah. is just another level, whether it's a sandwich or a degustation meal, one extreme to the other. It's all really it's, good. It's it's absolutely right. We've got this saying about mastering your craft, and it's it's the first thing I thought of when I came here, I think I'm blessed to have probably one of the most talented culinary teams here that I've ever worked with. And, you know, I was asking, I sort of get got fascinated about sort of the local sambal and, and the so many varieties and just talking to the team, it's, it's because these recipes have been passed down by generation and family and they're so mm -hmm. proud to share that. 
And yeah. I think it sort of speaks very largely about what you experience here in Indonesia, right? Is is that genuine want to share something that's great? And I think that sort of transcends into the the food. That you see here absolutely and how many restaurants do you have at the hotel and just talk us through what you what you've got yeah of course so starting from the top we've got uh alto restaurant and bar which is a an italian restaurant um helmed by our chef marco fantastic food again um very authentic in regards to sort of a southern um italian style of cooking he comes from uh, puglia so you know a lot of fresh seafood so that's amazing. Of course, it has a huge um, panoramic views of the city. So that's really special. And then Palm Court, which you mentioned, which is what we consider all day dining, but has really quality local fare um, with some international dishes. So that's, again, beautiful. And then Nautilus, which is our bar. And we have La Patisserie, which is um amazing decorative pastries which you've probably seen all scattered through indonesia yeah no, absolutely beautiful yeah and how have you ended up i mean you were a former australian rugby player how have you ended up at the forefront of the luxury hotel industry yeah well i was thinking about how that i always say it's it was never a choice i think i realized that professionally i wasn't gonna make it if i was really really honest i mean very competitive when I was playing, but I always think that these type of experiences when you're growing up generally complement, you know, what you become. And um, I always worked in hospitality from a very young age, you know, through um, through university. So it's something that I was equally passionate about. Because you, you grew up in Melbourne, right? Not far from Ligon Street, I read. I did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Which, sorry, younger, for those who don't know, is a food mecca of Melbourne, oh, Italian food mecca. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, probably some of my fondest childhood memories is being taken to Ligon Streets, you know, for family events and birthdays. So, you know, it was that first real taste into that family ethos of genuine hospitality and um, something that, I have very, very fond memories of, of course, in what we try to recreate now when, when we talk about hospitality. And was concierge your first position in a five-star hotel? No, I started as a porter. So right. delivering luggage and yeah. uh, bringing up cars. Wow. And he, did you ever imagine you would be here in this position? Not at that time. No, yeah. I didn't. It was um, a genuine love of meeting people. I think, you know, being an Australian, you probably don't have the same level of exposure, say from, you know, from Europe where you get to meet different cultures. Mm. And at the time I was in Brisbane. So it was probably considered a pretty sleepy city still then and be able to, you know, spend time, you know, 10, 15 minutes every time someone checked in, showing them the room and understanding the purpose of stay really ignited a passion about people. Isn't that wonderful? And yeah. you must have, I mean, you did work as a concierge at one stage and you've had multiple marketing and sales positions and management. Yeah. And do they train you in hotels how to deal with that kind of difficult guest? I think like anything, if we're trained to listen and be empathetic, and I think that goes a long way. Yes. I think the more you gather with experience, these things become less shocking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of the requests, I remember when I was sort of 20 years old was just unbelievable to me as a, yes. you know, as a kid growing up in Australia, but um, you always now, I think, never be surprised. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And tell me, why are there so many luxurious, you know, hotels in Southeast Asia, do you think, and compared to Australia, when there's really very few? Yeah, it's a, such a good point. Um, the one, one thing that's great is, like, when I was in Sydney a couple of weeks ago, really the development that's taking place there. And, you know, on a, on a very personal note, Four Seasons have just announced um, a major project um, to be built in Melbourne. Fantastic. Um, I did not know that. Where is it going to be? It's going to be on the South Bank and it's it's actually going to be the one of the tallest buildings in Australasia and it's going to have the tallest vertical garden in the world. So Fantastic. completely focused on wellness and sustainability. It's a it's a huge project. So that's that's really exciting. And yes. um, when I was in Sydney, I could see the same, the development towards more luxurious brands. Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to purpose of stay um, in Australia, where there was a lot of business travellers, and yeah, um, absolutely, and that also, you know, there was, you know, rate sensitivity, which is really not in that um, environment now, which I think will lend itself to further development for luxury um, product. Yes, but you know, conversely, Southeast Asia, I think the culture runs really well to having luxurious properties that would attract people um, internationally. But also, I mean, the cost of staff is so much less. I mean, the minimum wage in Australia just Com went up. I know completely. from a lot of my friends who run restaurants, it's becoming very difficult to even afford to run a restaurant there. Well, the barrier to entry is so high, yeah, in Australia. And I think that's when you start running a business, you know, like I did in, um, in Sydney, you see that the overhead cost structure is very, very difficult to maintain a really high level of luxury. Whereas here in Asia, it's quite different, particularly where we're sitting in Indonesia. Completely right, yes. And uh, what you see there is, I think, you know, people are geared towards, um, you know, that emotional connection mm -hmm. um, as well. So people are very willing to try to make sure that people have the best experience they can. Yeah, no, it's very true. And yeah. what are you seeing the changes in luxury guest demand since you know things have changed in the world? Yeah, it's it's people just have such high expectations because they haven't travelled for so long, um, which is <laughs> and, great. And they're having such a hard time with the airlines, right? That they're coming off the flights, going uh, give me the best. <laughs> very true. Very, very, very true. So I think the expectation that I've seen is um, if it's a if it's a family holiday that you know if they've got children that we do an extraordinary um, job to personalise their stay, you yeah. know, because it's been in an, in a lot of cases of number of years before people have been able to get away. Yes. Um, and then similarly to what we were talking about earlier, really trying to make sure that they have a sense of place through wow. some of the programming that we do, which is a little more local based museums, art, um, collaborations with other restaurants and bars that we bring into the hotel. Well, that's brilliant. So I know that's definitely yeah. what I'm looking for when I'm traveling are the yeah. local stuff and also the collaboration. So you don't always have to leave, particularly if you're in a place like we are, where there's, you know, can be a lot of traffic. Absolutely. They can be. Yeah. And what about wellness? Are you seeing a change in demand for wellness products? Yes, we are. In fact, you know, the trend, unfortunately, here in Jakarta, as you know, that we've had quite a restriction around our, our spa facilities and treatments, yes. which we probably have one of the most forefronted spa facilities in Jakarta. So we're really, really excited about being able to open that to its full capacity. 
But what we've seen is on our retail side is the, the appetite for our guests to source and use really high-end quality products. Mm. So that, that's a focus for, for when we open. So tell us about your spa assignment and what products do you use in there? We actually use a French product called Biologic. Um, and it's really been amazing how that's resonated with people. And I think back to your point, it really talks to a, um, the idea of wellness and the, the focus people have on. We've also decided that we'll have some programming when the spa opens to integrate some of the amazing spa therapists and yoga instructors from other Four Seasons resorts that we'll be bringing into Jakarta starting the last quarter of this year. But even the massage therapists, I mean, I think Indonesia has some of the best. Again, it's just, you know, they're really into, as you said, serving. And I mean, I have someone who comes to my home. It's so affordable and she's just incredible. And, she, you know, when my children are here, we all have a massage one after the other. And it's a real luxury of, you know, Southeast Asian life. It's so true. And, you know, what I've seen, and I've worked in a lot of city properties, mm. the ability of even, you know, the local staff to create almost like a resort type experience. Yes. It's, it's so, so amazing and, and calming. We've been doing some, you know, practice sessions and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I see why people can really get into it. And it's, it's sort of intuitive for them, isn't it? In a way that with respect in the West, it often is not. Agreed. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. And I'm, yeah. I'm really curious to know the Four Seasons as a group, are you mm -hmm. talking a lot globally at the moment because we're in this new world to find out what's happening in each location? How are you sort of managing it on a, on a global level? Yeah, so we, we actually speak very regularly, both regionally and, and globally. We've got a um, general managers conference coming up uh, later in the year where we all get together and talk about trends and best practices. We globally are launching a number of initiatives, you know, no plastic by the end of this year across all four wow. seasons. As, um, in, as in the, the toiletries or plastic full stop? Full stop. So we've worked through food and beverage last year and most of the hotels are implementing their own water bottling plants. Um, really incredibly important to our customers now um, in regards to not only menus and sustainability but also the reduction of plastics such an important important thing for the world isn't it and, and people want it very true and and you ask what luxury is it's you know guilt-free travel as well being able to have a very luxurious experience and knowing that you're not adversely affecting the world yeah and particularly the very environment that you've come to i'm thinking of bali because i've just been there Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a fantastic job there. They do. But well, yeah. I just think Bali's changed so much. I mean, there's some um, beautiful Four Seasons properties there. But, you know, since the pandemic, it's so clean. And it's a real reminder, you know, there's not a lot of rubbish around. Hotel crews have cleaned up yeah. the mangroves in Nusadur, the beaches, there's turtles. I just really hope that we've all learnt and it doesn't go back to the state that it was in sort of before this. Yeah, I think that, I think this trend really is here to stay. I think, you know, speaking to a lot of people that have managed to work from home and there's a real thoughtfulness or time that people have allowed themselves, um, particularly when, you know, you might have been touched or loved ones have been touched by COVID and, and the pandemic yes. to really focus on not only the world in regards to the environment, but people's own well-being. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Simon, yeah. when you travel, where do you like to go? And do you seek out luxury? I do. 
Yeah, I, I think like a lot of people, I sort of have a hybrid approach to it. It's my business. So, you know, I, we were lucky enough, my wife and I, to go to Milan and stay at Four Seasons in November when there was that short window when we were still living in Singapore. And just always such a fantastic experience, not just the Four Seasons, but when you look at the luxury brands in Milan and, and how they do such a great job of marketing and, and reaching out to their customer base. So there's always learnings there. But, um, and Europe's you know, very different, isn't it? The hotels are different, the service is different, the cast client is, uh, clients are different. That's that's absolutely right. But you know, just anything from a you know uh, an hors d'oeuvre you might be served, or the detail in someone's uniform. You know, particularly Milan, using that as an example, everything's so impeccable. So you can learn from that. But yeah. you know, as an Australian boy at heart. I, I, I'm not wearing a suit on weekends. I, I, I like to kick around in a pair of jeans and a T-shirt. So, um, you know, my recent trip to Sydney, of course, very close to the hotel there and went in to say hi to everyone. But uh, I, I, I stayed with some friends in Glebe in their, in their you know, four by four metre bedroom because it's just a lovely spot to be. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And do you still throw a rugby ball around when you go back? No, I do not. Um, but I have to say, uh, a couple of my friends and I, we went for a few runs around the harbour and then uh, went down to the tram sheds on the on the western side. And, and tram sheds through. are good, aren't they? So beautiful yeah. and, you know, just so nice to be back to a place that you're familiar with, with friends, and there's nothing uh, quite like the harbour when, you, when you're going for a run. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. And where's yeah. your next trip then? Wow, what a great question. So gone and see mum and dad first, which was one of the things that uh, I knew I really wanted to do first up. But uh, I, I can't wait to discover Indonesia. I, yes. think, that's the, I think that's the hidden um, gem about being here um, from Jakarta. There is so yes. many amazing places that you can, you can travel within, you know, a couple of hours. No, and yeah, that's right. And it's very, yeah. very easy. Nihi Sumba, yeah. I spoke to Madeline from there recently, and that's okay. very keen to go on yes. <laughs> No, there's a list. I've got a long list. And, and what's so lovely here is every time I, I meet someone new, they, they add to that list. Yeah. Um, so many different places. Are you seeing many international guests coming into the hotel yet, or is it still a little while away? I think it's been incredibly um, exciting. The last five weeks particularly we've seen a massive change you know I think for the previous two years about 95 percent of our total guests was a domestic market um, already I think I saw last month it sort of moved to about 30 percent of our guests were in international and uh, so bad in Jakarta given everything that's been going on very good and and that we've seen a lot of the business coming in is looking at development Yep. Um, an investment. So, yeah, very good signs for uh, not only the hotel, but, uh, but for uh, Indonesia as well. Well, I'm also getting feedback that a lot of people want to come to Asia because there's a lot of chaos in Europe for various reasons. There is a war yep. there. Brexit has happened. Um, there's a lot of people travelling there at the moment, which means it's very hectic. Whereas here, you know, you don't have a lot of those elements. And because we are, have been a little bit high behind in the COVID journey, yes, things yes. have been a little bit slower, so you haven't been slammed with all the crowds and everything. So as I said, in Bali, it was so pleasant. It wasn't overcrowded. No, and, and you're almost, and, and I think people that haven't travelled for a little while, I think what you get by coming to Asia or Southeast Asia is the people and the culture is so beautiful that you yes. almost guaranteed of 
people really taking care of you and your family. So I think there's, yes. there's an element of um, uh, reducing risk because there's, like we were talking about, so many places you could travel to. Yes. No, look, I'm really excited because I've got twins and they're coming oh. up to Australia next week yeah. to be in Jakarta. So okay, wonderful. Thrilling. So exactly what you describe. They both love, you know, Southeast Asia. So they're just bursting to come here and eat and have massages and just experience, you know, the Asian hospitality. But um, so that's exciting. But I wanted to ask you before we go, Simon, where yeah. to from here for you for the rest of the day today? Oh, for the rest of the day. Or okay. for whenever you um, like. Off whenever you like. Doesn't have to be. <laughs> no, actually, we, it, it's, it's, a, it's a nice day. Um, my wife's, uh, she works for Cushman Wakefield and uh, some of her colleagues have come in from uh, Singapore today. So we're going to take them to a really local um, eatery. So that's tonight. But um, sitting sitting with the team later on today, we, we do our weekly forecast meeting and planning meeting. So that's something that um, I always look forward to, particularly now that we're seeing the, the marked improvements um, yes, from the previous absolutely. year. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, very exciting time for anyone in hospitality now. It hasn't been for a long time. The clouds have lifted and it's full steam ahead, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think the nicest thing to see is the development opportunities for the team. It's been very stagnant for the last two years in regards to promotions and development and training um, for them. Yes. And so being able to focus on that is you can see it's made a markable difference to the team. And, and uh, you know, we're all about trying to support hospitality in general rather than just specifically four seasons. So it's very promising signs for the industry. Sounds fantastic. And look, I look forward to meeting you in person soon and to having a look at your glorious hotel properly. I would be disappointed if you and the twins weren't the first meal they had wasn't in Palm Court. <laughs> I'll see what I open invitation, I promise. All right. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> That's very generous. I'll take you up on it. Sounds Lovely great. To meet you and see you soon. Thanks, Renee. Very grateful. Okay, bye, Simon. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe here and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for regular travel updates. You can also hear our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.